Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. Well, this morning, um, rather than taking a traditional uh, Palm Sunday approach, I, I feel led to speak on something that, well, first of all, the whole purpose of Jesus coming to the earth and saving us and rising from the dead is so that we can be transformed, so that we are not stuck in our sin, we're not stuck in our, our old way of life. And so rather than speaking on Palm Sunday topic, I want to talk about something uh, that deals with being transformed as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, I want to talk. I want to talk about worry, uh, about the fact that people are are prone to worrying and they're they're prone to stress, because one of the things that Jesus died on the cross for is to free us from our our past and to free us from being in bondage. And one of the things that people are very much in bondage to is stress and worry. And for that, I want to look at what is probably the most famous chapter in all of the Bible and the very first verse of the 23rd Psalm. And that is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This is a perfect picture of God's goodness. You know, and so today we're going to look at how God wants us to respond and how God wants us to handle stress and worry in our lives. And then we're also going to look at how you can connect with God so that you can live without being in stress and without being worried all the time. And I want to begin by giving you three truths about God's goodness. These are, are facts, if you will, that you can base your life on. The first one is that God is the source of everything that you need in life. You don't have to look anywhere else. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but um, a lot of people have been looking forward to getting a stimulus check up in their, their mailbox or in their bank account. But you know what? God is your provider, not your government. And boy, amen to that. And, and you don't have to look to human sources to have your needs met. You know, your spouse isn't what, it, what is most necessary in your life. Your savings account isn't what you have to have to rely on. God is the source of everything that you need. Now, you can lose your family. You can lose your life. You can lose all sorts of things. And so you don't want to base your, your life and base your dependence on things that you can lose. If you're going to base your life on something, base it on something that you can't lose. And the one thing that you cannot lose is your relationship 
with God. Put your security in God and in him, not in other things. Now, Psalm 23, again, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. And then say it with me. I will lack nothing. Hear that? Nothing. It means that God is going to be your security for every area of life. That, that means that, that you can trust God. Now, think about it. The Lord is my shepherd. So that means we're the sheep. Sheep are an incredibly defenseless animal. They're not fast. They don't have claws. They don't have teeth in which to defend themselves. And they're not very smart. Again, they're like us. Um, you know, just, we're just being real this morning. Now, God is saying, I want to be your shepherd. What is it a shepherd does for sheep? He feeds his sheep, he leads his sheep, and he meets the needs of his sheep. And so that's what God is, is wanting to do for us. God says, I'm going to be your shepherd. I'm going to meet the needs that you have in your life. Now, your needs are going to vary. Certainly in this room, we have many different needs represented. Sometimes we need protection. Sometimes we need comfort. Sometimes we need encouragement. Sometimes we need to be disciplined. Sometimes we need direction. And God is saying, I will be your shepherd. But first, so the first thing we need to understand is that God is the source for everything that you need to live. Now, the second thing is there is nothing that I need that God can't supply. Philippians 4.19 says God will supply all you'll ever need from his glorious resources in Christ Jesus. Now notice that in Christ Jesus, God is good to you, not because you are worthy of it or because you're extra special or you're extra good. God is good because God is good. He, he bases his, his love, he bases everything he does on his goodness, not our goodness. A lot of times people say, well, I can't really relate to God. I can't come to God because I'm not a good person or I've done a lot of bad things in my life. But the reality is, is God is doing it from his goodness not ours. And aren't we thankful for that? So there's, there's nothing that I need that God can't supply because God is doing it out of his resources in Christ Jesus. The next thing is, is that God doesn't want me to worry about anything. Nothing, not a zero zip, nothing are we to worry about. Truth is that worry is probably our most common sin. And I'm going to get into in a minute why worry is a sin. But again, in Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything. That's pretty clear. 
I looked it up. You know, preachers say this. Well, in the Greek, it says such and such. You know, you hear preachers say that. Well, I looked up, don't worry about anything in the Greek. This is what it means. Don't worry about anything. That's good stuff right there. Now, here's the second part of that verse. Instead, pray about everything. So instead of worrying about all of the different things, instead, pray about those things. Now, I want to take a little time out of the, this message to look at Jesus' teaching from the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in Matthew chapter 6 primarily. And we're going to take several examples where Jesus is teaching specifically about worry. In Matthew 6, 25, Jesus says, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry about your body or what you'll wear. Your life is far more important than close. Now, for some of you, that may come as a shock and a revelation. It's like, ah, but clothes don't make the person. And he's saying, in essence, what Jesus is saying here is don't worry about the small stuff. Don't worry about the things that ultimately don't matter because worry is unreasonable. You know, we, we worry usually about wrong things. We worry about stuff that ultimately isn't going to matter. And so when we worry, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're putting effort and we're putting in energy into something that really we have no control over. If you can't change it, why worry about it? You know, uh, why worry? I'm just using this as a, an example. You know, let's say we're worrying about whether the, the upholstery in here should be green or red. Well, it's, it's red. Don't worry about it. You know, we can't, we can't change that and it's not going to make any difference. So why put energy into worrying about things that we really don't have any say over or any control over? And the more you worry about something, the greater it becomes. It takes on a life of its own and pretty soon it can consume you. And so it's it just siphons away your energy. It siphons away your, your ability to function if you worry about something. Also, worry is unnatural. The only thing in nature that worries are human beings. Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 26, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns. In other words, they're not worried about where their food's come, coming from. Jesus goes on to say, and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than birds? And the answer is obviously yes. If God takes care of birds, isn't he going to take care of you? And then he goes on in just the next verses and he says, why do you worry about your clothes? Look at the flowers, look at the fields of lilies. They don't worry about theirs. And yet King Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed as beautifully as they are. Have you ever taken the time to look at a flower, just any old flower? 
the, the intricacy, the beauty, the smell, all of the different aspects of a flower are just fascinating. And there's something that's just temporary. They're only going to last a few days to, to maybe a few, few weeks at best. And, and yet they are so beautiful. And Jesus is saying they're, they're temporary, they're gorgeous, but they're, they're not going to worry about how they appear. They just are beautiful as they are. And so what Jesus is in essence saying is animals and plants aren't worried about their lives or their appearance. So we shouldn't do that either. Worry is not natural. Did you know that you were not born a worrier? You learned it. It is a learned habit. It's something that we pick up from observation, from being taught, whether it was intentional or not. It's something that, that is taught, that, that we pick up. And so worry is not a natural thing. And if it's something we learned, it's also something that we can unlearn. Now, notice in verse 26, it says, your father sees what the birds are doing. And so, so the point I'm wanting us to, to get from this is it doesn't say that the, it's the father of birds. It's our father. God is our father. God made you his beautiful child. He adores you. He loves you. He cares about you. And so you matter to him. And if you matter to him and he, he has all of this positive feeling toward you, isn't he going to look out for you? Isn't he going to take care of you? You and I are distinct from everything else in creation because we are made in the image of God. He is our father. So as a father, he cares for us. Worry is unreasonable. It's unnatural. And Jesus also says worry is unhelpful. Notice now Matthew 6, 27, Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Worry doesn't work. The only thing you can do by worrying is shorten your life. There is all kinds of research out there that shows that when people are under stress, when they are under chronic worry, that it actually eats, it erodes at your health. It, it tears down your, your ability to resist disease and, and it, it, it actually diminishes your life. Proverbs 12.25 says it this way, worry weighs us down. I, we don't have time, but I bet there's more than one person that could stand up and give a testimony about that. Worry leads to discouragement. And then when you're discouraged, that leads to depression. And after depression kind of sets in, then it becomes despair. And, and the reality is, is you weren't made to worry. In fact, Proverbs 1340 says just the opposite. A heart at peace gives life to the body. If you want to be a healthier person, Stop worrying and start learning to trust God. 
Worry is unhelpful, it's unnatural, and it's unreasonable. And then worry is also unnecessary. Jesus, is essence, in essence, is saying, why are you worrying? The Lord is your shepherd. He leads you. He leads you. He meets your needs. Why do you need to worry? You're worrying about things that are God's responsibility. Worry is assuming responsibility for things that are in God's department, that are in, in God's, God's area of responsibility. Every time you or I worry, what we're really doing is playing God. Matthew 6.30 says, If God cares so wonderfully, even for the flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he surely care for you? God has assumed responsibility for the needs in your life. He cares for you because you are valuable. You want to know how much value God places on you? Look at the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where we learn how much God cares for you. He cares so much that Jesus died and replaced himself with you by, by taking the sins of the world upon himself. The message you need to hear is that you're not junk, you're not worthless, you are a child of God, and you are valuable to him. Like a shepherd takes care of defenseless sheep, God is there to take care of you. When Jesus died on the cross for you, he solved your biggest problem. You know what your biggest problem is? Eternal salvation. That is, there's nothing more important that any of us will ever encounter in life except that. And so if, if Jesus, by dying on the cross, took care of our eternal salvation, what is the logic? What sense does it make to worry about day-to-day -day stuff when we're saying, God, I trust you for my eternal salvation but boy, I can't trust you to help me make my car payment. I can't trust you to help me with my medical issues. I can't trust you with my marriage problems. I can't trust you with all these day-to-day -day things that, that are just part of life. But I'm trusting you for the big one. It just, that doesn't make sense. So worry is, is not helpful. It's not productive. And then worry, and this is where I said earlier that worry is actually sin. Worry is unbelief. When we worry, what we are in essence saying is, God, I don't trust you. I don't believe in you. Philippians 4.19 says you can be sure, you can be sure that God will take care of everything you need because of what Jesus has done for us. If God is taking care of every need, if he, has, if he has promised to do that, when we worry, in essence, what we're saying is, is, I don't believe you, God. I can't trust you to take care of my needs. In Matthew 6, 32, Jesus says, people who don't know God and the way he works, they worry over these things. Again, 
God is good, not because you're good or I'm good. He's good to everybody. The sun shines for everybody. Everybody has skills and abilities and talents that are gifts from God. Everybody has the gift of love. Everybody is being blessed by God. He is good. He extends blessing to everybody. So if you claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ and you're worrying all the time, you're stressed out all the time, that's a lousy witness because what you're saying is, is I don't have a God who can take care of my needs. When you worry, you're in essence acting like an atheist. You're, you're saying there is no God because it's up to me to make things happen. I'm out here on my own. And, and again, that's a, that's a lousy testimony for someone who claims to be a child of God. In John chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says, Don't be worried. Believe in God and believe also in me. So how do you do that? How do you actually put this into action? Well, you begin, and, and we go back to the 23rd Psalm, verse 1. Every day you commit and say, the Lord is my shepherd. Every day acknowledge that Jesus is your shepherd. You know, and, and so you look to him to be your shepherd instead of looking to yourself. Uh, uh, John 10, 14 and 15, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me and I lay down my life for my sheep. That's what Jesus did on the cross was he laid down his life for we, his sheep. He loved you enough to die for you. So every morning, start your day by saying, Jesus, I want you to be my shepherd. I want you to, to guide me, to lead me, to feed me. I recognize that you are the one who's meeting my needs. And then as you go through the day, you continually come to Jesus and, and commit to him. Every, every moment of the day, you're, you're connected to him and you're saying, Jesus, I want you to, to guide me. I'm going into a meeting. Lord, I need you to help me and guide me. I'm dealing with this difficult person. I need you to guide me, to help me. You, you are, you're, you're acknowledging Jesus as the shepherd who's guiding you as you go through the life, as you go through life. And the second thing, and this is so critical, so important, you make Jesus first place in every area of your life. This is so critical that Jesus is first in every area. We tend to compartmentalize our lives. We tend to, to have areas in our life that are walled off where God doesn't have access because there's stuff behind this, this door that we don't want God messing with or we're, we're too ashamed or we're too addicted or we're too whatever. And we, we don't want God to have, have control over that area. We have to come and say, I give you everything. Matthew 6, 31 and following says, your heavenly father already knows perfectly well what you need. But you see, if you don't give God 
control over everything in your life, then you're going to continue to have stress and worry over those areas that you're holding back. If you have areas that, that you're not letting God be in control of, those are going to be the areas that you're having problems in because you're not going to experience peace. You're not going to experience God's presence in those areas. Now, kind of following Matthew 6, 31, it says, I already know what you need even before you ask it. And, and it's not, I might know. He says, I do know. And it's, he says that he will give us what we need. But here's a condition. If we give him first place in our life and we live the way he wants us to, we can't do our own thing and live our own life and then say, okay, God, I want you to give me peace and I'm just going to live my life and everything's going to be hunky-dory. It doesn't work that way. We submit ourselves. We give God control over our lives. As long as you have anything in your life that is more important than God, you are going to have conflict. You're going to have stress. You're going to have worry in those areas. And, and these are all good things, but for some of you, your job is what's most important. For some of you, your children are more important or your, your relation, your, your grandchildren, maybe those are not bad things, but anything that takes the place of God as first in your life is an idol. And the Bible has a lot to say about how idols are bad things. So Every day, ask Jesus to be your shepherd and then make the commitment. This is what Jesus talks about where we take up our cross daily and follow him. Every day, give him first place in every area of your life. Now, here's the next thing. And you're going to like this part. Relax and give God your worries in prayer. God wants us to be relaxed. Again, a peace that passes understanding. He wants us to give him our worries in prayer. Jesus, I'm worried about this, and I give it to you. Here's, here's an assignment, okay? Make a list of all of the blessings that you can possibly think of, all of the things that God has done for you and through you in your life, all of the, the wonderful things that, that you enjoy as a follower of God. And anytime you find yourself being stressed or, or beginning to kind of struggle, take out that list and be reminded of all of God's blessings. And then... Make a list of all of the stuff that stresses you out, all of the stuff you worry about, all of the stuff that wakes you up at night and leaves you feeling cold and clammy. Make a list of those things and then set them down and before the Lord, give them to him. Go through and say, God, I'm concerned about this medical issue that I'm dealing with. It, it really bothers me. I'm really scared about this. God, I give it to you. You are my shepherd. And just go through the list and give it to God. Turn it over to him. 
1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about what happens to you. Just give him your worries. Give him your concerns. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 32, the people who don't know God, they run after all of these things. The, the idea there, the picture there, is that people who aren't trusting God, they have this kind of frantic attitude where they're over here and then they're over here and then they're over here and then they're over here. And they're just, they're just kind of chasing after, trying to find some sense of peace, some sense of, of tranquility. Uh, you know, the, not just keeping up with the Joneses, but just just kind of a, a frantic attitude, and, and and the stuff that they seek after are are our passions, our pleasures, our possessions, you know, those, those things that society kind of gets us whipped up over. Just relax. Turn it over to God and say, God, I, I know you are in control. I want to go back just briefly to Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything Tell God about your needs. Give it to God. And then it goes on and it says, and thank him for all he's done for you. Remember that list of all of the blessings. Thank him for all of the things that he's doing. It helps you be reminded of all the ways you were blessed. And then it says, if you do this, you will experience God's peace. That's the peace that passes understanding. And then trust him one day at a time. You don't need to get out in front. Just trust him for today. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. That's called borrowing trouble. You know, we can't change the future just like we can't undo the past. So when you're worrying about tomorrow and everything that's happening tomorrow, you're going to miss the blessings of today. How often have you been so busy living for the future that all of a sudden you're like, crud, you know, I, I've missed out on all of this time and all of this stuff because I was always looking for down the, the road. And so I missed I missed my kids growing up. I, I missed the, the celebrations and all of the things of life. Live in the moment. Now, that doesn't mean we can't plan for the future. It's great. We should plan for the future, but you shouldn't worry about the future. I really like in the message, Matthew 6, 34, it says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't get worked up about the, um, what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now, it's very possible that worry is maybe one of your chronic sins, something that you deal with. What you need to do is come before God and say, God, forgive me. I, I have been allowing worry to eat at me, and I have been allowing worry to cheat me of, of my fellowship and my relationship with you. I confess to you that I've been doing that. Please forgive me. And from this day forward, 
I just want you to be my shepherd. I want you to lead me. Now, I do want to say, and, and this is just a little, a little thing I, I, I feel it's necessary to put in. I recognize and I understand that there are people who deal with chronic medical anxiety, that there, there is a very real condition where people deal with overwhelming issues of anxiety and stress. And, and that's brought on because of chemical things going on in a person's brain. I I'm, I'm, don't want to communicate condemnation for people that are struggling with that. We, you know, we, we deal with that in, in my very own family. And so we need to, to recognize that there, that's out there. And I'm, I'm not trying to, to bring down anybody that is dealing with that. But I do want all of us to understand that worry is a issue that creeps into people's lives and it has no place in our lives. And so let's, let's, deal with this issue that, that interferes with our ability to have the fellowship that God wants to have with us. Let's go to him now in prayer. Father, we so need you. And Father, I just, I pray right now for every person that's in and a part, and part of this service Help us, Lord, to stop and realize your deep love for us. The fact that you care more for us than we can care for ourselves. Help us, Lord, to, to come to you in faith and trust, knowing that you have nothing but good for us, nothing but good intentions, nothing but love, nothing but... but um, a, a desire for us to prosper and to, to, to have a, a fellowship with you. Lord Jesus, help each of us to honestly examine our lives and our hearts and help us to come clean with you and allow you to, to give us the freedom of a life without worry and without stress. Help us to give you our lives and allow you to be our shepherd. Thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.